You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There is nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it is by far the easiest way that I have found to shop for tickets because I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. Uh, I plan on using SeatGeek a little bit later in this season now that Indiana season is over, and I have a little bit of extra time on my hands on weeknights and plan to get out to a Mavericks game and see Yogi play, which I haven't had a chance to do. And you can be sure that when I do that, I will be getting my tickets on SeatGeek as I did when I went and saw him play last year because... Again, SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. They save you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and help you find amazing deals. And best of all, listeners of the Assembly Call get $20 off of their first SeatGeek purchase. So the way that you do that is download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code ASSEMBLY. That's promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, for $20 off of your first SeatGeek purchase. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important IU basketball stories from the past seven days. This is our 72nd edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 399th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of Thursday, April 19th, 2018. I am your host, Jared Morris. And let's begin this week how we begin every episode of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Martin takes the shot. On Wednesday afternoon, IU announced a gift from alumni and lifelong Hoosiers Dave and Susan Roberts that will provide the funding necessary to upgrade the locker room area <clears throat> that the men's basketball team uses at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Okay, great. The locker rooms are getting renovated. What does this have to do with hanging another banner someday? Well, I think it could actually matter a lot. It certainly is going to matter in recruiting. And I think it could also make a difference just in the day-to-day -day pride that players have in playing for Indiana and that coaches have coaching for Indiana. And according to pretty much everyone who has been in the current locker room, and full disclosure, I have not, but from many, many people who have told me, this was a long time coming. It is a necessary renovation to keep Indiana on par or at least close to the other national college basketball powers 
in terms of facilities. And while no renderings are available yet, the university did put out a short slideshow adding some details to the gift, and it included this line from Mr. Roberts himself. Quote, While it should help with recruiting, our main objective is to provide the existing coaching staff, along with current and future players, a facility that will be comfortable and useful while preparing for an upcoming game. After the game is over, it will also provide the team an environment suitable for a winner. With men's basketball storied history, hopefully these facilities will help bring that mystique back to Bloomington and everything IU basketball. Sounds good to me. On behalf of everyone who supports IU basketball, I say thank you to Mr. and Mrs. Roberts. Your generous gift is yet another important step toward hanging banner number six. All right. Well, now let me introduce my esteemed co-host for this week's show. To my left, we have a man who actually got paid to attend and announce many Romeo Langford games this season. He's a 12-year sports radio veteran and the foremost authority on whether a game is a must-win game or not. He is Zach McCright, <laughs> a.k.a. Big Easy. Ah. <laughs> Zach, it is time for McCright's Minute. What's on your mind? This is That's like my theme song. You have no idea. It's fantastic. That's, uh, that's feel-good music right there. That'll make, that'll make you kiss a loved one. Um, anyway, uh, awkward transition. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here. It's been a while. Um, and obviously, um, I will tell you that in this area, there is a palpable buzz. It is, I'll give you an example. Um, I, I, I dabble in radio these days, but I also, uh, you know, my main focus during the daytime is to help out our family business with, which is a road construction company. And if you're, if you're, if you're in Indiana anywhere, you, you may see big machines that, that have uh, a logo with two M's on it from a milling. They are everywhere from, you know, Gary all the way to Lawrenceburg. I mean, everywhere and everywhere in between. So, um, if you see them, that's what we're about. And if, if you haven't seen them, then if you drive on ripples for a really long time during road construction, we did that. And we're very sorry. I say that to say this, I will have people that will come in to our offices to chat about business sort of stuff. And they're not even from Indiana, but they're on their road. They're on their way on the road from, some state or another, whether it be North Carolina or Iowa or, you know, Tennessee or Alabama and coming through to say hi to us. And their question is, so where's Romeo going? And I, I, I finally, for one of the first times, really finally got the weight of what kind of decision this is for people that are just college basketball fans and that when they during an off season um, are, are coming into the state of Indiana, they know that's the topic, or at least they think it is. And so they will ask the locals. So what's up with Romeo? I'm like, dude, you're from Georgia. What do you, how did you know about this? So I know it's, it's a heavy thing inside the state. Um, and, and uh, it, it just goes to show that I think, People that are um, at least uh, halfway versed in college basketball, not in not just in Indiana, but around this entire region, are very, very 
interested in what's going on here. And, and that's something that I've never experienced before. There's a lot of things about these last 12 months that I haven't experienced before. Uh, but that adds to the list for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now to my right, we have a man whose first reaction to the triumphant news about Indiana's upcoming locker room renovation was to pee in the celebratory punch bowl by asking dismissively, so this means no new arena, right? He's a columnist for the big lead, and he's a man who we recently came to find out likes to try to impress people with stories about his role as, quote, Uncle Rai Rai to a gaggle of adorable nieces and nephews, but without actually earning the moniker by doing the dirty work. I've never changed a diaper in my life. He is Ryan Phillips. Still haven't. have no interest in doing that. Ryan, what is your rant for this week? Not changing the diaper. My sister's listening. It's not happening. Uh, she's got enough practice. She has four kids. It's She can do it. Um, I, yeah, I, I got to echo what Zach said. It's a, we're in full Romeo countdown mode. I mean, I know there's a lot going on. There was some recruiting news that came out this week. Uh you know, some visits and, and some offers going out. Um, and, you know, we had the, uh, the obviously, the, the the very generous gift for rebuilding the locker room, but everybody's focused on Romeo Langford. That's what this is. Until he announces that's, you know, on April 30th, that's what we're going to be focused on. And uh, for better or for worse, that's just where we're at right now. And I wrote a column for the big lead tonight. If you guys want to go check it out, I think Jared tweeted it out. Um, it, it, it just talks about why it's so important, why his commitment is so important, not just to Indiana, but to Kansas and to Vanderbilt and, and what kind of player he is, what kind of person he is and the impact he'll have wherever he goes uh, on and off the court. And, and, you know, there are even people whispering out there right now that he may be a guy who thinks he wants to play two years of college basketball. Um, who knows if that's true? We, you know, I mean, you never, you never know what what's going to happen. Um, but I will say that that Romeo is a kid who has earned this moment. He's earned everything he's he's been you know given as far as attention goes, and and he deserves to have uh, you know all the attention on him right now. And, and he's done the whole thing, this whole recruiting process. He's done the right way. Um, he hasn't gone out, gone around teasing people. He hasn't, you know, he's not retweeting things about certain, you know, selections or, or certain schools or whatever. He's just being himself and 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 really representing himself incredibly well and being a great representative for the state. And I think it's at the point where, no matter where he goes, I think the vast majority of people in the state of Indiana are going to wish him well and and follow him and really root for him wherever he goes. Um, that said, I think that we're all kind of you know, really on edge to see what he does. And, uh, but no matter what, he's the kind of player that you root for, uh, no matter where he goes. So I uh, read the column. I, I think it was kind of an interesting look at, uh, why he's important for each of the three options on his list and, uh, why he's important to us as Indiana fans. Why do you insist on getting people worked up over him? Maybe having a two year plan. Didn't you learn your lesson last time? <laughs> you know, the person, folks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in a little behind the scenes. Who's the person who first passed that information on to me goes by the name of Jared Morris. So uh, <laughs> we're going to blame him if this is a disappointment. Uh, no, it was on a two-year plan. Just a, just a reminder. Just, just he, a reminder. he was. He was. I stick by that. 100%. <laughs>
All right, so here are the topics. Oh, uh, I wish I could unload some behind-the-scenes conversations Jared and I had about that it. time, but I won't. Do I won't it. do it. No, I won't do it. I would, I would never do that. Spill I would it. never be that uh, kind so of guy. Not, why would you leave your listeners in the dark like that, Ryan? Come on. Because <laughs> right, I, like I, like I like them imagining Jared saying something really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to imagine. I say enough dumb things on this show. All right, here are the topics. The questions we'll address this week. Uh, we'll obviously have some more Romeo Langford talk here coming up. And then, as Ryan alluded to, some other recruiting updates, including you know our thoughts on the final rankings for Indiana's incoming recruiting class. There continues to be one member of that recruiting class that is being underrated by everybody. Uh, IU made two in-home visits in one week to Trenton Watford. What does that mean? Uh, and then probably talk a little bit about the schedule that came out as well. And then if we have uh, any, well, not the schedule, but at least the, the Big Ten opponents Indiana will be facing next year and the home and homes. Uh, and then if we have any time left after that, we will answer some of your questions as well. All of that coming here on this edition of Assembly Call Radio. First, a quick note about a new way to subscribe to the Assembly Call. As you know, we do this show every week, and during the season, we also host a live post-game show uh, immediately following every IU game. But did you also know that we host an email newsletter that has over 5,000 subscribers? There's a high-level operation going on out there. Yes, it is. And the reason why so many IU fans have subscribed is that our newsletter helps keep them up to date on all of the pertinent IU basketball news that happens each week. And because during the season, we send out post-game analysis emails the morning after every game, content that we only send to our email subscribers. You can subscribe for free uh, by visiting our website, assemblycall.com, anytime. Or you can also subscribe for free by texting IU to the number 66866. Then just reply with your email address and you will be all set. So again, that's IU to the number 66866. And you will join the 5,000 IU fans who receive our newsletter. Thank you. Okay, you are listening to Assembly Call Radio. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Zach McCrite. Uh, and guys, for the rest of the segment, let's just bounce a few Romeo Langford thoughts uh, off the wall here. And I'm curious to see if you guys are kind of hearing the same things I'm hearing. Because, Zach, obviously, you know, you're pretty close you know, to everything that's happening. Ryan and I are not, but we all have different sources that we talk to. And it has really felt for about the past couple of weeks that everything is really moving in Indiana's direction. You know, we talked about this last week, and I haven't heard anything this week that makes me any less confident that Romeo's decision on April 30th will be Indiana. Now, there's still a lot of time between now and then. You know, Kansas is still involved in this, and you never count them out late in a recruitment. But, Zach, the, I mean, is what you're hearing, you know, kind of being closer there in town, similar to that? I mean, is there any reason that you think right now Indiana fans shouldn't at least feel a little bit of confidence uh, that this will go the Hoosiers' way? I, I mean, I think at this point you it would be a huge uh, shock to think it, is anything other than Indiana. Um, and I, and, and this coming by the way, from one of the final holdouts, um, of, of, of people who are, uh, not sure if Romeo was heading to IU or not, but the last, really the last, uh, 20, uh, 24 to 48 hours, you know, I, the people that were not so easy to pry that, that uh, that I knew were close to Romeo or close to his high school program are now much easier to pry. And while they're not saying, uh, you know, explicitly that that Romeo is headed to Indiana, uh, I almost feel like they might as well be. Um, I had a well, I don't I don't want to say their title, but I, I 
I had somebody inside, uh, let, let's just say inside New Albany High School. That way, if somebody comes back and says, nobody said anything to you, I'll be like, what? There's, there's a lot of people in New Albany High School. Calm down. <laughs> um, but uh, all, all but tell me, you know, we, we were talking about the announcement and, and uh, some, some logistical things that, that uh, will go on about me being there and, and a lot of other media outlets being there. And, and, um, and, 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 and he volunteered that, you know, uh, assuming that uh, Romeo says Indiana and I'm pretty sure he's going to, and I'm like, okay, uh, that that's good. That's, that's something I haven't heard from somebody of your stature so far. Um, and then the other one, and I'll just throw this out there just for fun. Um, but somebody else in, in the Romeo camp told me kind of, it, it was, it was third or fourth in passing here, but, uh, had the, what's the right word for it anymore? The stripper gate things not happened at Louisville. I had a, I had a quote from a guy inside Romeo's camp that he was quote unquote, 150% committed to Rick Pitino and the Louisville Cardinals. So yeah, that's been out there. I think if you want to, um, and, and I don't think, I know things of that nature have been out there. I mean, look, put it to you this way. My dad is a diehard Louisville Cardinals fan and I would go with him to a handful of games uh, each year. And we would see Romeo multiple times at unofficials in his underclassmen years. Um, but it was, uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't just a thing where, yeah, he was interested a little bit. He was interested all the way. Right. And I had not ever heard it, uh, explicitly said that way from somebody that close to inside. But as far as Indiana is concerned, I'm finally at the point now, and I guess I'm the last holdover to where I'll be shocked if it's not Indiana. Brian, are you hearing pretty much the same stuff? Well, I mean, I've talked to a few national guys this week. I knew I was going to be writing a Romeo column and I, I was going to break down sort of where national guys were, but I actually think that's kind of unfair to the kid. I mean, cause look, nobody knows where he's going. Let's, let's be honest. Nobody knows what he's picking. There are just signs right now and he's not dropping hints. He's not leaking. He's not anything. It's just the way things are setting up. And every national guy I've talked to's attitude has pretty much been, it's got to be Indiana, right? Like it's, it's just, it's got to be. And, and you're seeing, you know, on 24 seven, you're seeing crystal balls pop up for Indiana, um, you know, that weren't there six weeks ago. You're just seeing everybody sort of just assume that's it. I mean, as Indiana fans, you should not expect that this is a done deal. Don't expect that it's over. I mean, this is people just reading signs and saying, okay, it looks like that's the way it's trending. And, and so I would say that to people, because the, the thing, the problem that happens is if people think that he's made his decision and it's Indiana and they're just, so they're just a hundred percent sure going into his announcement, then they're going to get really disappointed. And I don't want people to lash out because he doesn't deserve that. He hasn't earned that. You know, I mean, he's not, he's not sitting there saying, Hey, I'm going, I, I might be going to Indiana or anything like that. People are just reading into the tea leaves and look, everybody I have talked to believes is trending Indiana's way, which is great. But that doesn't mean anything because the night before he could decide, you know what, I, uh, you know, I need to go experience something different before I go on to the NBA or I need to get out of Indiana and see the rest of the country or whatever and have a last minute change of heart. He's an 18 year old kid. You know, it could something like that could happen. Uh, but right now, if I had to guess or put money on it, yeah, I think he's going to Indiana. Yeah. Alrighty, well, coming up here on the assembly call, we will continue talking about Romeo Langford and then also expand our recruiting conversation to look at some of the incoming recruits 
some of their rankings, a few that we vehemently disagree with, and then talk about some of the offers that Indiana has been sending out. All of that coming up here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. All right, so if you have tried or you are trying online dating, my guess is that you have probably run into lazy text messages, dead-end conversations, random matches that don't turn into dates. Uh, And I guess this, uh, number one, because of the copy points on the page that I'm looking at, uh, but also because I tried online dating out myself and actually tried out many different uh, online dating sites before I was fortunate enough to meet my wife and a couple of episodes back, Uh, I relayed that story about how Indiana losing to Syracuse in 2013, while such an epic and disappointing failure, also might be one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me since my first date with my wife, uh, set up through online dating, was the night of the national championship game. Uh, And obviously, I I probably wouldn't have scheduled that if Indiana was scheduled to play in the national championship game. And who knows, she's an awesome catch, so someone might have scooped her up before then, and I would just be sad and miserable now. Um, But I'm not. I'm very happy because I have her, and I... Think I have online dating to thank for that because it helps you get past those lazy text messages and some of those dead end conversations and the random matches that don't work when you're actually on a good site that knows how to match people. And that's why eHarmony is so good and why I fully endorse eHarmony because eHarmony is built to help you find lasting, meaningful relationships. It's not just like a shallow hookup site. And eHarmony has helped over a million people find their perfect match, a million people, and that number will surely just go up as more and more people use uh, online dating and sites like eHarmony. And what, what really separates eHarmony and makes them different from the other sites is they actually use decades of science and data and psychological research research to send you the right matches. So you don't have to sift through as many you know bad matches and just waste your time you get right to the people that the science that the data suggests you're going to be matched up with. And so, in short, eHarmony brings compatible people together. And right now, Assembly Call listeners can get a free month with eHarmony when they sign up for a three-month subscription. All you have to do is enter the promo code ASSEMBLY at checkout. So, stop waiting and start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. It can be fun to play around with online dating apps, but when you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's one app that's built to bring you real love, and that is eHarmony. Come see how eHarmony can change your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started. Enter the code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y at checkout. You are listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and the Big EZ, Zach McCright. Don't forget, if you ever have to miss all or part of an episode of Assembly Call Radio, there are two great ways to catch up. You can subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Assembly Call. Or you can join our live Thursday night broadcast or watch the video replays by subscribing to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash assembly call. So last week, neither of you fine gentlemen were on the show, and we spent a lot of time talking about you know, Romeo and the positive things we were hearing, and then Juwan Morgan's decision to enter his name in the NBA draft. I think, and, you know, talked about Romeo, I think most people assume, uh, you know, that he seemed, Indiana seems to be the favorite for him. 
And I think, and tell me if you guys disagree, but I think most people assume that Juwan Morgan will be back. You know, he's doing this to get information, a lot like what Robert Johnson did last year, but assume he'll be back. I thought even Archie Miller's comments in the press release announcing that Juwan was going to be putting his name in sounded like a coach who thinks he's doing it to get information and will be back. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, until I hear otherwise, I'm looking forward to next season thinking both of those guys will be on the team. With that said, I would love to get both of your thoughts for what that means for Indiana. And I'll start with you, Ryan. You know, if Juwan does come back, if Romeo decides to come to Indiana, given what those two guys would bring, given the other guys returning, given still the question marks about guys like Deron Davis and the development of guys like Clifton Moore and, you know, whether Devontae Green will take the next step, what what do you expect from an Indiana that has Juwan Morgan and Romeo Langford? Yeah, I mean it's hard to it's hard to project record and all that stuff because you've got to wait to see how the pieces fit, how these new guys fit. Is anybody going to redshirt? Is you know, I mean, is Deron Davis, as you said, is Deron Davis going to be back? Do they get a grad transfer? It, you know, maybe uh, a, a grad transfer in the post, something like that. Um, are the freshmen all going to play? Are they going to, you know, maybe take, as I said, take a redshirt year to continue developing? Uh, we really don't know so much right now, but what I would say is that a team that has the the one thing that I think Indiana was missing this year was a go to scorer, and that's what Romeo Langford is. I mean, he does it all, He does a lot of things, and he plays well on both sides of the court. Um, but he is a go to scorer who can break guys down off the dribble when things fall apart offensively, get to the hoop, create for other people, create for himself. And, and he's a next level guy who, you know, is going to make an impact as soon as he steps on the floor at Indiana. He's going to be, he's going to be the best. If he, if he lands in Indiana, he's the best individual player Indiana has had in a long time um, as a freshman, certainly. Um, and I think that it's going to be interesting to see how much they would rely on him in half court sets uh, or if they used him as a way to draw the, the defense away and then pound it in the post and things like that. I mean, or, or does, you know, does Archie Miller just give him the green light from day one to do whatever he wants? Um, I'm not sure that's what Archie Miller's, you know, style is really. I think he wants a guy to play within an offense, maybe set him up so he has one-on-one opportunities, but it comes within the offense. I think that is more likely what we'll see if he is on the team, if he's, you know, not on the team, I still think this team has a ton of talent coming back. And, and, you know, a, a guy who's getting overlooked because we're so excited about the freshman stuff is a guy like Justin Smith, who really showed well at times this year and, and could certainly be a candidate for a huge leap to the next level. A guy like race Thompson, who, I mean, I th- I still consider him part of this incoming recruiting class because, you know, while he reclassified, he redshirted, he's essentially, going to be a freshman with these other guys he's just got a leg up because he's been on campus and he's been working out with a with a collegiate strength program um but those guys have to be factored into the mix as well uh, as you said Devonte green at times looked fantastic this year but at times just looked like he was uh not ready to to take the reins as a uh you know top level ball handler in college basketball so there's a lot that has to be fixed to be developed uh, i've said since the beginning uh with um, Deron Davis's injury, it would not shock me if he sat out next year um, because an Achilles injury is so devastating. It would not shock me if you know they they took a grad transfer in the post and and let him sit out a year to fully recover. Um, so again, we don't know what the lineup's going to look like, but if you have a team with a guy as good as Juwan Morgan and a guy as good as Romeo Lankford, and then the surrounding pieces we know will be there, uh, that's a team that should be really dang good. And 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 with 
Um, the Big Ten looking like it's going to be a little depleted next year. I think that that's a team that could certainly be, you know, it needs to be in the conversation for a big, a big 10 title or it won't be a success. Do you agree, Zach? And do you, are there any elements of Romeo's game or, you know, the, the physical part or anything like that, that you wonder if it'll be a harder transition than maybe people are projecting? Uh, his defense, his defense um, is, is not something that gets, uh, talked about a lot, mostly because he's just so electric offensively. Um, Romeo has a switch, in, in my opinion, Romeo has a switch that he likes to turn off and on uh, at will when it comes to defense. Uh, Jim Shannon, his high school coach, would tell me on many occasions, and I would interview him before every New Albany game that we did this year, He's like, I don't talk to Romeo about his offense. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't say a word. <laughs> Why and, would you? <laughs> and if he, screw, and if he screws up, uh, you know, he screws up, and that's fine. And I'm still not going to say a word. But defensively, I'm on him constantly, and and I could sense, you know, I, I could sense frustration where he kind of lets his athletic ability, um, you know, kind kind of do a lot of the work where that might not fly in Big Ten basketball, even as as uh, as down as it might be next year so that is that has always been something that i kind of look at and go i wonder how archie's gonna do with that Um, well and and to be to be fair that doesn't make him different than 99 percent of top recruits because they don't have to play defense half the year when they're playing an aau ball which is what gets them noticed it's an offensive heavy game on the aau circuit so you're right i I think you're 100 percent right but at the same time you know, you're also right that Archie probably not going to stand for no effort defensively. Yeah, not at all. And and I and I the I think the only reason that that people that watch Romeo uh, frequently, um, if they that if they have this worry about him at the next level from a defensive standpoint, I think the only reason that that you say it is is it's it it's. It's tough to it's tough to put into words, but his offensive, his athletic ability, his his length, uh, things of that nature, his, his smoothness. We always we always use that word, right? His smoothness doesn't let you picture him as this very animated, uh, you know, drop down and you know pardon the duke pun but drop down and slap the floor sort of defender when he absolutely needs to be it's that he's so smooth you wonder how hard he's actually working on the defensive end he might be working really hard and you can't tell yeah you know what i mean um so that that's one of the things that i think is just a little bit different about him um I think the other thing about next year, and I know we'll talk a lot about uh, the roster as as uh, the the days and weeks go on, but I'm very interested in that point guard spot. I'm very interested in that point. I think guard we spot. all are. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 to me, if if Romeo had already made his decision, and let's say it wasn't Indiana, I mean, that to me is the biggest story. I think it's bigger than. Uh, whether Deron Davis comes back or not, and and all that stuff, we we saw the frustration uh, that we all had at times, and a lot of the fans that are watching this and listening to this at times had with that point guard position. And both guys were, if both guys were off, then the whole team was off, and 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 we had to literally cross our fingers and hope that one of them was on, and we had no idea on a night to night basis if 
uh, one, both, or none of them were going to have that. And with Finnessy coming into the mix, um, I, I think that uh, that puts a, a different spin on uh, what could be a uh, a, a very very uh, uh, pivotal year in the Devonte Green career. All right, hold that thought. Uh, you're listening to the Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Zach McCright. So Robert Finnessy, that's a guy that I want to talk about. Uh, all pretty much all the final recruiting rankings have come out. Uh, and if you look at where Robert Finnessy is, according to 24-7, he's the 109th-ranked player. ESPN did not have him in the top 100. Uh, he was 99th in the Rivals 150. Four-star player. Ryan, I know you and I are in agreement about this because we've talked about it a lot, that Robert Finnessy is being underrated. Now, my opinion on that should be taken with a grain of salt because I, I, mean, I haven't watched all of these guys. But from what I know of him, I just can't imagine that there are that many players better than him. Uh, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how much he plays as a freshman. Because I think, you know, we talked about this last week that we all think that Devontae Green will get the ball to start the year as the point guard. Yeah. Because he's a junior, you know, he's got the experience. He certainly, you know, showed some flashes. It's not like you're waiting to see what he can do. We know what he can do. And so if he combines some maturity with that skill, you know, he's got a chance to be a really good player. Um, but I don't think anybody would be shocked if Robert Finnessy is the starting point guard by the end of the season. And I think he's got, and I think he has the ability to then be a three-year starter after that. I mean, I think he's that good, that solid. Um, and it just seems like he'll really strike a chord with Archie Miller. So as you project forward, you know, to that point guard position, because clearly that's, you know, you get Romeo, you fill that big need as a score. Now you've got to have someone that can run the offense. Yeah. Um, I mean, are, are you in agreement there that it's Devante is going to get the first <clears throat> shot, but, Robert's yes. going to have opportunities to play and possibly steal more and more playing time if Devontae plays like Devontae has? Devontae's going to be a year in Archie Miller's system. He's going to be a year in Archie Miller's training system, you know, with his coaches working with him in the offseason, all that stuff. So I think he's going to have a massive leg up. Um, and I think that he is going to be the guy. And I think that's probably the right pick for, for IU to give him the chance to do that, give him the chance to shine because, you know, Finnessy will get his opportunities. This won't be you know, Devontae Green playing and Finnessy being buried on the bench. Finnessy's going to get his opportunities. What I would say, too, and I think people should prepare themselves for this, just in case Romeo Lankford doesn't pick IU, I could see Finnessy and Devontae Green being on the floor at the same time with Finnessy bringing the ball up and Devontae playing off the ball a little bit. We saw his prowess as a scorer at times last year. I mean, he's, you know, was <laughs> scarily enough, he was one of the more reliable shooters on the team. I mean, I mean if times. Romeo doesn't pick Indiana, we literally almost have no other option but the two of them to play together. It's true. Like I mean, that's fair. Minutes. I mean, you can go a little bigger, maybe put some wings out there. You know, I mean, yeah. there's there's ways to go. Maybe you put Zach McRoberts out there. Um, now, you know, obviously. I mean, there, there's options, but it, it does seem like that's something that could happen. And, uh, but what I'll say about Finnessy is a lot of these recruiting rankings are based on NBA potential and, and, and not necessarily just NBA potential, but like physical stature impact in that way, projection, a lot of stuff like that stuff that Robert Finnessy doesn't have to worry about. He's six foot 175 pounds. You know, he's not a guy that's going to be in the NBA draft rankings before he plays a college basketball game. And a lot of the guys in the top 100 are guys who were in that mix or going to be two-year guys or maybe three-year guys, but who will be on radars immediately. Robert is not that guy. But if you look at it from strictly who is going to be a really good college player, um, you know, and a guy who could wind up in the NBA, don't get me wrong, and, and could wind up, you know, 
playing himself into that situation, but who isn't going to come into college thinking about that. That's Robert Finnessy. He is a guy who projects to me to be a really good college basketball player. And, and I felt the same way about a guy like Juwan Morgan when he came into college. Like he just looked at him. He thought that's a really good college player. Let's, you know, he, with, with the upside, certainly to get into the NBA, but that's a guy who you look like you look at and think he's not a one and done. That's a guy who's going to play in college and get better. Um, so I would say that I think that's where Robert's at right now. And, and that's what he's got to, you know, focus on and, and not worry about the recruiting rankings because he's one Oh nine. If he's one Oh nine, I don't know what they're looking at. I, he's a guy who has to be top 75, top 60 for me. I, I just, I love watching him play. Um, and he's a guy who is, he makes everyone else better. He is unselfish and, and maybe that hurts him when you're looking at numbers and you're looking at, you know, AAU performance and things like that. If he's willing to defer to other people, he's not showing off. And um, so I think that probably has something to do with it. But I but I really like uh, Robert and I think that he's he's massively underrated nationally. Yeah. All right. Coming up here, we'll talk some more about Robert Finnessy and talk about some of the other recruits, not named Romeo Langford and their final rankings uh, in that class of 2018. Where did Jerome Hunter and Jake Forrester and Demise Anderson end up in the rankings? We will break that down along with a few other recruiting tidbits next here on Assembly Call Radio. Stick with us. You are listening to The Assembly Call. Go to assemblycall.com right now to learn how to subscribe to our email newsletter, or you can text IU to 66866. If you want to get more out of being an IU basketball fan, then you need to be on our newsletter list. You will get our weekly Six Banner Sunday news roundups, as well as our post-game analysis emails once the season begins. It is all free, and it will make you a smarter IU basketball fan. Go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Zach McCrite, and we're talking about recruiting. And guys, the you know we were talking about some of the recruiting rankings, and we were talking about Robert Finnessy. Uh, you know, and I mentioned that you know he's 109 by 24/7, 99th by the, you know the rivals 150, and we all think that he should be ranked a little bit higher. Here's where the rest of Indiana's class of 2018, and I'm adding in Race Thompson to this. Here's where they fell in these recruiting rankings, and then I want to get your guys. Race Thompson's uh, was all those rankings were for last year, or yes. on last year's class technically. Okay, just making sure I wasn't sure. Yeah, they, yeah, they for last year. So because it was Jerome, a late switch. Yeah. Yep. Now, obviously, if Romeo commits, he'll be the highest rated, and he's either fifth or sixth in basically every you know set of recruiting rankings. Jerome Hunter is the consensus, you know, kind of next best guy uh, in this class, 46th by 24-7, 64th by ESPN, and 49th uh, by Rivals. Then you've got uh, Demise Anderson. Wait, hold on. Let me say something about Hunter real quick. Yeah, I just go, say, go for If it. you guys are, are watching or listening, go watch some Jerome Hunter highlights. They're really fun. He's going to be a fun player to, to follow. Go ahead. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes, I agree with that. Um, and then you've got Demise Anderson was 92nd, 114th. Uh, Jake Forrester who is uh, a four star? He was upgraded to four star uh, by I think both of the um, of the recruiting services, but he's one thirty first and one twenty seventh. And then Race Thompson was seventy eighth at twenty four seven last year. Um, so, and I think it's it's pretty easy to forget that you know you're going to have this guy who redshirted and he's a top one hundred player. 
that you know that you're going to have available this year. So he'd be uh, the second highest rated recruit according to twenty four seven. So yeah, it's worth it's worth yeah you know remembering him. So without uh, room, yeah, obviously. <clears throat> Yeah, so so Zach, as you hear those numbers, and obviously you've seen some of these guys play, especially the guys from Indiana. Um, what jumps out to you, uh, you know, in terms of maybe guys that are you know undervalued, overvalued, you know, or or you know whatever, as you hear those numbers? Well, obviously, I echo uh, Ryan's sentiment about Hunter. Got to see him play at the, uh, and I'm I'm blanking on the name of the classic that uh, tip off classic for those of you in Indiana, um, which is most of you, I'm sure that that uh, that know about high school basketball the 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 thing that Brian Snow puts on um, in at Southport High School, uh, Hunter's team from Ohio came in. I got to see him play. I, obviously, I echo everybody's sentiment and that he is going to be a, a fantastic player. Um, you know, I only saw him once, obviously, but he he certainly looks the part, and he certainly looked the part that day. Um, that was one of the couple times I've gotten to see Robert Finnessy play in per in person. And every time I've gotten to see him play in person, let alone uh, on on uh, on tape, and I'm not a big mixtape guy. I mean, I, I know some of you are. You know, I'm I'm not. I don't I don't really watch them. Um, that's not basketball to me. That's, it's yeah, not. It's, it's not. I, I don't. I don't watch. I purposely don't watch them. So the 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 reason I say that is the opinions that I'm about to give you are coming on a handful of games or less of all of these people because I've either seen whole games of them on television or in the case of many of these guys, whole games of them in person, but not any more than four or five. Um, fantasy. I love the um, I'm, I'm, I'm so, so about haven't seen Forrester, haven't seen race. Um, I am like you guys flabbergasted by how low fantasy is. Um, and, and, I, I, I'm jaded. Now I'm going to tell you, I'm jaded by the games that I have seen live of Demisi Anderson. Um, I know he can light it up, and God knows that Indiana needs needs a shooter and a couple of them. Um, that said, I must have caught a lot of games. Uh, I say a lot. I must have caught the only games in which I was not as impressed with Demise Anderson as maybe some of these recruiting rankings are. Um, so I would expect him to be uh, plenty better than what I've seen of him so far in his high school career when he gets to Indiana. Um, but that said, if, if you would have had me, uh, if, if you would have never shown me these recruiting rankings, and, and I only pay about half attention to them, um, but if you would have never shown me these recruiting rankings and you said, all right, of all of the six incoming players for Indiana, how would you rank them? And I'm, I'm counting Romeo. I, it, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Um, Thank but you. of those six players, how would you rank them? Um, I would just, I would just say that, uh, Finnessy would not be last on my list. And, uh, assuming, uh, he's ahead of Forrester already, then I would say he's probably not second to last on my list. Um, he, there, he's a, he's ahead be, of Forrester, according to pretty much everyone. Yeah, yeah. Demi, I, I would probably say I would have had Demisi ranked fifth. Then I mean, I would probably probably have gone, you know, five. Demi, I don't know about Race Thompson, so I, I, I guess I should throw him out. But uh, if I throw Race out, five would be Forrester and four would be Anderson. Uh, that would just be me. So, um, but but according to the rankings, 
I mean, he's in the top 100, 100 somewhere, you know. So, uh, he, he, I mean, obviously he's a good player. I just didn't get to catch uh, him on a good night in the handful of games that I saw him in, in person. You're listening to the Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Zach McCright. Um, so a couple other quick hit recruiting things uh, here real quick. I think all IU fans were pretty excited uh, when they saw the news that Archie Miller was doing an in-home visit with Trendon Watford, who is a you know consensus top 15, you know, I think in, according to some services, maybe even a top 10 recruit in the 2019 class. Definitely a five-star, uh, you know, and you don't need to be reminded of his family ties to the university. But who's, his, who's, his, who's in his family? Uh, I believe a guy who hit a certain shot back in uh, in 2011 that was pretty oh, okay. pretty important. Um, so they did the one in home visit, and then Archie was back a couple days later to do another one, which was interesting because you don't often see in home visits, especially when it you know it's in Alabama. It's not like he could just drive up the road, you know, drive to Center Grove and see him, or drive down to New Albany and see him. Uh, you know, so it was interesting, and it seems like that relationship may be warming some. Uh, and as you start to look ahead to 2019, it, you know, with you know, guys like Trace Jackson Davis and Keon Brooks and Trenton Watford, you know, these five-star players, it's starting to look like Indiana's in a good position with them. Um, and, you know, who knows if Indiana could take all three, but you would certainly take just one. Um, and, and maybe as it moves forward here now, you know, you can, uh, you know, you have only a certain number of scholarships obviously available. Do those guys start to get a little bit of a fear of loss and maybe you know want to commit a little bit sooner? It's a good position for Indiana to be in, is what I'm saying, to have these you know good relationships with these top players. Ryan, do you read into anything uh, in terms of you know Archie going back so quickly to see Trendon again? Because um, that just kind of stuck out as something that you don't often see. One thing I, I will say about what Archie's doing is is he's jumping on guys who Indiana should have been more involved with. And that includes Romeo Lankford. What he did as soon as he got the job, he basically made Romeo priority number one last year. And Indiana has come from way behind in this recruitment. Um, and then, you know, we heard that when Archie got on campus that Indiana hadn't really been in contact with Watford much, which was shocking to everybody. That and is how you're a champion. Hey, why would you even throw that in there? Um, anyway, I, I, I think ironic. that what he's done this year is is really prioritize guys who have some connection to the program prioritize uh indiana recruiting and i would include trenton wofford as indiana recruiting because of the ties to the school um he may not be in indiana but that's an indiana recruit you know just based on the history there um I remember going to games and seeing Trendon on the floor after games, you know, waiting for his brother to come out a couple years in a row. And uh, he basically looked like a mini version of his brother and um, with a lot more hair, actually, though. So I will say that. Um, but Trendon is a guy who, uh, you know, you've got to be involved in if you're Indiana. You really do. And you've got to be involved in his recruitment. And it, it was shocking that that Indiana wasn't. So I will give Archie credit for really putting the full court press on guys that he should be putting the full court press on. And I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know where Trenton's going to go to school. Um, but I will say that that certainly Archie's putting in the effort, I think, where it needs to be put in. And uh, seeing him go in home twice in one week has to be sending a pretty strong message. And, you know, and the other big recruiting news, it, 
was the flurry of offers that went out to guards in the class of 2019. You know, Indiana has been involved with DJ Carton from Iowa. Uh, he's, you know, a, a top-notch prospect in that class, has a lot of interest from Big Ten schools. So I think, you know, Wisconsin's, you know, heavily involved there. And then there were a couple of other, uh, you know, kind of new names that popped up. Trey Mann, who's a, a top 40 recruit, and then Jamius Ramsey, uh, another uh, kind of a bigger guard, you know, maybe a combo guard type. So you can tell, Zach, as you, as you kind of look now at what, you know, Archie is starting to prioritize, you know, this class of 2019 is shaping up to have a lot of potential. And, you know, obviously you've got, you know, the, the kind of the, the bigger guy prospects with, you know, with Trace Jackson Davis and, you know, a guy like Keon Brooks. And now it looks like Archie's really trying to solidify uh, and get more guards, which goodness knows Indiana needs more guards, more good ball handlers, more creators. Uh, and all three of these guys seem like really good players, you know, maybe Mann and Carton, you know, kind of a, a step above. Um, but if these are guys Indiana can get in a good position with, they'd be excellent ads uh, for the future of the program. Yeah, it'll be it'll be weird. And I feel like I thought this with the, the Crean uh, regime as well. It'll be weird just um, it, it, when you go back and watch. I definitely thought this with Crean. When you go back and watch two or three years down the road, that first year with Archie. And and the way, especially offensively, you had to play with that team, and and just how much different it would probably look, uh, seemingly, depending on if you're reading the recruiting tea leaves correctly, um, how it will look in two years, three years. Um, it, it it seems like it'll it'll look a lot different. It'll look uh, smaller. It'll look quicker. It'll it'll look uh, <laughs> uh, fingers crossed. It'll look like uh, more of a shooting team. Um, you know, so, so I always find those, um, uh, the, the growth process so interesting when, whenever new coaches are, are around and get to stay a while, um, I, the two in-home visits, I, for, for an out of, especially for an out of state recruit, I'm interested how often that happens. I, 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 I'm, you guys would know better than me. You guys have your finger on the pulse of recruiting more than I do. I, that seems to me to be, um, very rare, very rare uh, mm-hmm. to have two that that fast. So uh, two that fast. But it's kind of, it is a rare recruitment where you got a, a five star guy where his brother uh, was such a big player at your school and the family clearly loves Indiana. So that changes things a little for bit. sure. And which which begs the other question that I wrote down. And I know I'm not the first person to think this, but um, I, of of the litany of questions that I would have for Tom Crean if I ever got to hang out with him one on one, and that one would be up there, like um what was the deal with you and the Watfords? Like, I, I don't, I don't get, how was he not priority number one? Like, did, how did we not hear more about him before you left Indiana? That, that to me, that just seems so weird, but um, uh, yeah, you know, I mean the, the, the 2019 class, I know everybody's starting to get excited about it uh, because there's a date for Romeo now, seemingly, but um, assuming Romeo comes to Indiana, uh, I, I would be interested just in the very short term right after that if the actual just just the commitment itself of Romeo to Indiana, if it starts to lure uh, 2019 recruits to start coming to Bloomington. Yeah. Well, I've been saying since the beginning of his recruitment, the one thing that's great about getting a top player like that is it makes it okay for other top players to come. Right. It's sort of, it, it starts a domino a effect. Pandora's box. Yeah. It does. And, and it, domino, uh, effect. domino effect, everything. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, uh, one guy who was like, that was Cody Zeller. I mean, he made it okay for 
guys after that to, to, to show up on campus. So, um, I think it is huge to get that first one. And remember we were talking about the recruiting class a couple weeks ago. Uh, we were talking about, uh, Archie Miller's, you know, grades for his first year. And as far as recruiting goes, I couldn't give him an A. And the reason why was he hadn't gotten that one cornerstone guy. And that's, that's Romeo Langford. You know, that's the, he gets him, then it is an A plus for me in his first year as a recruiter. And, and once you get that one guy, it, it does tend to open up the floodgates. All right, coming up here in our final segment of the Assembly Call, we will quickly hit uh, the Big Ten schedule. Uh, it was released, at least in terms of who Indiana will play home and away, and then who we just play at their place and at our place. We'll break that down for you quickly. Uh, stick with us here on the Assembly Call. You are listening to the Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Zach McCrite, wrapping up another week of talking IU basketball. So, Ryan, let's hit this really quick, and I know that you're going to have a, a strong, probably humorous opinion uh, on this. But Indiana's opponents for next Big Ten season were announced. Uh, Indiana will play home and away against Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, Northwestern, Purdue, and Rutgers. Uh, and remember, the Big Ten is moving to a 20-game Big Ten schedule uh, next year. And now rivalries like Indiana, Purdue, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, and I believe Illinois, Northwestern as well, those in-state rivalries are protected. So Indiana will be playing Purdue home and away for the foreseeable future. What is interesting is Indiana will play only away. They will play Maryland, Minnesota, and Penn State. So we have to go to the barn. Uh, but the teams Indiana will only play at home are Nebraska, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. Which means, Ryan, that Indiana does not have to go to the Kohl Center next year. Which I'm just going to straight up say I'm happy about. And I know... and. and all Wisconsin fans should take that as a compliment because they seem to beat us no matter what whenever we go up there. But I hate going up there. Uh, eventually, I'll have more confidence about it. But I, I see no reason to play up there if we don't have to, so I was quite happy to see that they are not going to be on the schedule next year. You, I'm sure, are weeping inside. I am so happy we don't have to go to the Kohl Center. Although, for the good of the show, I think it's probably a bad thing since my uh, my rants after games at the Kohl Center have become sort of, you know, semi-legendary uh i think one time i said that if officials were as bad as if if somebody in the mid age middle ages was as bad as the officials in that game they'd have been hanged and displayed outside the city walls as an example to everybody else so i, I just like how you uh, stopped yourself and added the semi to legendary to just add a little dose of humility to just that, semi to semi you know it's uh <laughs> Ryan's but all yeah. About humility. It, yeah of course well that's that's my middle name uh <laughs> But no, I, it's great for Indiana. They don't have to play there because that's pretty much a loss you can pencil in every time. So uh, it's going to get fantastic. It will get better. Oh yeah, eventually. But right now, right I mean, now. it's we don't want to be doing that. No, we don't. All righty. Well, that will do it for us on this week's episode of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. Or you can always subscribe to our podcast by searching for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We will be back to talk IU hoops again with you next week. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers.
thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com support that lists five ways that you can support The Assembly Call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating, and so many of you have donated, and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show... We appreciate it. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client.